Hi, it's Christine, and I just wanted to welcome you to this week's episode, and glad that you're here as always. If you missed it, I did a presentation earlier today on learning the basics of hormone testing, and if I do say so myself, I covered a lot of amazing information in this presentation or class, whatever you'd like to call it. Um, it was, it's been important for me actually for a while to pull together something like that because I really do get so many questions about hormone testing and there's a lot of confusion around hormone testing and it's actually a very complex area. So I think it's really important to break it down for people so that you understand what's going on, what you're looking for, et cetera, et cetera. So I did that in a 30 minute presentation today and in case you missed it, it will actually be on my uh, online hormone school, which if you didn't already know, I have an online hormone school called Get Your Hormones Right. That's christinegarvin.thinkific.com or you can go through my website, christinegarvin.com to check out all kinds of classes and um, programs and events. And, you know, I'm constantly putting new things up there. It's a great way if you've been listening to the podcast for a while and want to learn more or maybe you're new to the podcast and you're not quite sure if you're digging the way that I do things or teach or anything it's a great place to get in and get to know my style better of teaching because you know these uh, presentations that I do monthly end up being $19 on the on the um, website so it's such a easy way to get to know um, a lot of actually really good information that it's hard to find on your own online I'm just going to be honest with you because there's a lot of just crazy misinformation out there I'd see it more and more every day and so that's what I'm really trying to do is just distill all that information and share with you what's real what's true what's important to know so hopefully um, it does it there. So go check out the school if you haven't already. Again, it's at christinegarvin.thinkific.com. That's T-H-I-N-I-F-I-C. I know that's a little complicated. So it's also easier to, in some cases, just go to my website, christinegarvin.com. Or of course, you can click on the link through the notes for this episode. So, um, speaking of today's episode, this one is interesting in a way because it's a little bit closer to my heart than most of the episodes, and that is because it's about an event that I'm going to be a part of here next week on September 22nd. I can't believe it's already here. So if you're on my newsletter list, you already know something about this because I write about it in this week's newsletter that this is a storytelling event and not only is it a storytelling event but it is a chase the story storytelling event so let me just say first and foremost it scares the shit out of me to think about doing a storytelling event besides the fact that for a long period of time just presenting in general really scared me and people always thought that that was weird because I was a dance teacher and things like that but teaching dance and performing dance was very different to me than speaking right speaking in front of people but I've done a lot of work over the last few years to not only get better at that but actually start to enjoy it and that you know I became accustomed to it 
via doing it all the time but it was very much packaged in this okay I'm presenting information to people about nutrition about hormones about gut health and this situation is me presenting about myself and my own story which is just a totally different ball game and as I said just scares me senseless and that's exactly why I said yes and I encourage you in your life to say yes to things that scare the crap out of you. Not things that you know aren't going to be good for you or um, are pushing your boundaries, not that kind of stuff, but the kind of stuff that is super scary to think about doing, but also feels very expansive or exciting if you can get under that fear. And it takes a minute to differentiate sometimes, totally. But I have learned in my process, often anything that is going to take me onto a bigger platform, on a bigger stage, especially being, you know, vulnerable, um, is very scary to me. And it's also something that I absolutely 100% need to do. So this is what's happening. So it's not your regular storytelling event as Tracy, my guest today is going to tell you about, but it's, um, all about chasing the story. So this is, I'm going to not talk too much about it right now. I'm going to let her really explain it to you in this episode, but just to suffice it to say that I will be taking questions from the audience as I'm telling the story. So that's a, you know, a big difference than your regular storytelling ways. So if you are in Western North Carolina, Asheville area, and you are able to, you know, take the day off or you don't work on a Thursday, September 22nd, we're doing this day-long event at Bottle Riot, which is in the River Arts District. And it's going to be very intimate, no more than 50 people, and there's going to be amazing storytellers throughout the day. I'm honored to be a part of this group. It's pretty amazing to me. So, but without further ado, so you can actually learn a lot more about this whole process and the process of being vulnerable and, you know, not only telling your story, but really um, embracing your story. I'm going to go ahead and jump into it with my guest today, who is Tracy Hopkins, and she's MSW CPDC, and she is a story chaser, change agent, and an illuminator. Throughout her career, her personal approach has been shaped by the fascination of human behavior, the extraordinary capacity of human connections, and the pivotal journeys individuals embark on to dig deep, lean in, and broaden their capacity for transformative change. Tracy strives to create platforms and opportunities that invite people to share their stories as a way to cultivate a culture of truly investing in one another. Her passion leads her to assist people in identifying personal values to discover purpose and meaning, acknowledgement of authentic self, and become agents of change. Tracy has worked within the field of private pay behavioral mental health for over 20 years and serves as the Director of Engagement and Belonging at Outback Therapy Therapeutic Expeditions, a premier wilderness therapy program dedicated to bringing families back together. Tracy is also the founder of Dare to Rise, a coaching and consulting firm focused on engaging and empowering individuals and institutions to initiate transformation. Her various lived experiences, coupled with the expansive roles held within outdoor education, high adventure programming, wilderness therapy, and residential treatment centers, have served as catalysts to become a story chaser. By chasing the story, Tracy believes people form an undeniable investment and deeper desires to move through the world 
as a collective. You can find out more at her website at daretorise.org. Let's hop in with Tracy. Hey there, and welcome to Hormonally Speaking. I'm your host, Christine Garvin, a functional health coach. Each week, I speak with an incredible guest expert on all things women's hormones. We're here to empower you to take back control of your body, health, and well-being, and to learn about the latest in research and solutions when it comes to getting your hormones happy. No part of this podcast should be construed as medical advice, and we always recommend working with a professional practitioner to figure out what's best for your body. Now let's dive in with today's guest. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Hormonally Speaking. As I mentioned in the intro, we have a an awesome, awesome person here today, and I'm super excited to talk to her about her upcoming uh, event that she's putting on and actually the work that she does overall. Because as we were talking about right before we got on, there is so many different approaches to um, how we do things in life. And, you know, this traditional idea of having to do things in a very exact way is not necessarily what's working best for all of us. And, you know, I always look at the lens of how is it working for our bodies as women, as our hormones are changing, how, as things are going, are we really living our lives and doing our work in the way that is conducive to the health of our bodies? Or are we trying to be away from that? So I'm super excited to get in this conversation with Tracy. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much. I'm yeah. When you first asked me if I would be a part of this, I was just, um, I was, uh, Excited and anxious, just yes. like I am today. Yep, yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. You are someone that I've, you know, gotten to know um, a little bit on the periphery, and I just appreciate how you jump into life with your whole heart, mm-hmm. um, which speaks to uh, just, you know, again, the, the purpose that I hold near and dear to my heart. So yes, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I'm. I also have to um, say the same to you for asking me to be a part of this upcoming event because that is definitely pushing my, uh, you know, my. I don't want to say safety, but it's you know, it's interesting because I was thinking back on how I used to hate presenting at all, right? Like I was like, nope, can't present. The only way I could even, even with dance for a long time, I was like, no, I don't want to teach. I just want to dance, you know, and then life kept nudging me in the direction of teaching. And finally I started teaching and I was like, okay, I've got this teaching thing down. But then people would be like, do you want to present this thing? And I was like, "Uh -uh, I don't want to talk. (laughs) I can teach dance, but I can't talk. And then, you know, life happened and nudged me in the direction of doing kind of a lot of presentations around health stuff now, you know, and I got super comfortable with that. But storytelling is a whole other level of um, obviously you have to be, um, you have to be connected. Mm-hmm. You have to be, um, ready to be honest, right. Yeah. And vulnerable yeah. and yeah. vulnerable. Like for me, is such a big thing that, um, I think of myself as very vulnerable, but I don't necessarily share that with the world so easily, you know? Yeah. You're reminding me of this concept of being seen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think that we all crave that. And again, it's a both and world. Like yes. the idea of finally being seen and understood and celebrated um, brings like a joyous and warm feeling to my body. Mm. And at the 
same time, it also brings up old narratives. Mm-hmm. It brings up all the other things of like, oh, what does it actually mean to be seen mm-hmm. in my most authentic self? Which is what we're asking storytellers to do yes. in, in, in essence. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So how did you first step into doing storytelling and, you know, what brought you to kind of this love that you have for it? Yeah. I, I, you know, um, it's interesting. Uh, I think that I got into it by accident, right? Um, for the most part, I think the way in which that I grew up, I learned at a very young age to figure out how to fly underneath the radar Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and not be so much in the spotlight, which most of the people that know me now, um, that would be a, like a really hard statement for them to grasp. Yeah. That They're I, like, really? Are you sure? Are you sure that was you? Yeah. <laughs> My mom used to tell me that growing up that I was always stuck to her leg. Mm. Um, and I, was really timid, I was really shy. Uh, when we came to the United States again, you know, um, came from Korea, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, you know, multicultural, biracial, uh, grew up in a small town in Southern Illinois. Mm. We stuck out like a sore thumb. So yeah. again, how, how old were you when you moved here? I was about 10. 10. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so I learned from a very young age to really figure out how to blend in, be a wallflower. And um, somewhere along the way, I found that uh, being funny and, and using humor also uh, alleviated mm. uh, kind of the having people really know who I was Mm -hmm. Um, again, the stories, the narratives that I was holding onto growing up in that space was um, there were parts of me that uh, didn't need to be seen, didn't need to be shared because they might not like it if I, right. right? Mm -hmm. Um, So fast forward (laughs) into my adult life. um, I really attribute going to graduate school in 2014. It was kind of my um, low risk, high gain kind of situation Mm. uh, where I felt like, okay, this is the time where in which, because I I went to school for clinical social work. Um, That's intense. Well, I've been working in the field of mental health, right, Uh, for for a while. So anyway, um, what I started noticing for myself is I would go and listen to all of these wonderful speakers, Mm -hmm. um, and it was very inspirational um, and motivational, and it seems like such a far-fetched um, lifestyle or experience mm. for me to even aspire to achieve. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and, and in those moments where they really dropped into their bodies and got vulnerable and talked about the messy parts of their mm-hmm. lives, that's when I was just like, oh, I can, I can, mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that resonates with me. Yeah. Um, and if I had conversations with people, I started again, the reason why I say accidental is because I got really good at deflecting, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't want people to know about me. So I got really great at asking questions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I know, I know that well. I'm the yes, same way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. And so um, by asking questions, it was all about deflecting. But then I started noticing um, that in those moments that I would ask the questions, do you, do you ever walk away from a conversation where you're just like, gosh, I wish I would have. I wish I would have asked, you know, them more about this or mm-hmm. 
sure when they said this, what did they mean by that? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I started asking those questions. And mm. what I realized was it was, it would take me into a whole different conversation with human beings that uh, I would have a, a never known um, yeah. that part of them. Yep. And then B, I would have never known that that part of them somehow connected to a part of me. Mm, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, you know, it's a long winded way of saying, I think there's great importance in storytelling Mm -hmm. because again, people see themselves reflected. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I hope to be cultivating um, in the world is really awakening that story chaser within all of us Mm -hmm. that we are, we aren't walking away from situations, wondering about things Mm -hmm. that we are taking notice of the nonverbal cues. We are Mm -hmm. taking notice of things that pop up for us and having the courage to lean in and ask those questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. that's so beautiful. And, and it makes sense from the, you know, uh, the mental health perspective, the clinical social work perspective too, right? Um, This sort of holistic approach to storytelling, because it's not all in what comes out of our mouth, right? It's all of these different aspects of the self. And as you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, something a touchstone maybe for a lot of people is Humans of New York. A lot of people know about that, right? And, And I think the success of Humans of New York has been about what you're talking about, right? It's if you read a lot of those, you know, Facebook, he has a Facebook group for it. And and I'm sure it's um, on other social media too, but most of those people don't realize that they have a story until, you know, it's reflected back to them based on him sitting there and just, just asking some questions and, you know, recording that and then taking some pictures. And then, these are quote unquote normal everyday human beings that are just, you know, walking around New York. And we really start to see that each of us have not just one story, but a depth and breadth of so many stories inside of us that we may not realize that are there. Yeah. Well, and, and, and the more we um, ask about those subtleties and the more we get into um you know, I, I call it like the 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 meaty part mm-hmm. um, of, of what's not being said, but mm-hmm. also open up the doorway for that opportunity. Mm-hmm. I can't help but think that um, again, not only do you do you see yourself reflected in those stories, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I think about this like this this incredible bond um, that we can experience with someone because again, we're humans who are wired to put things and situations and people into categories, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are people who might not look like us. There are mm-hmm. people who might not have, you know, grown up in the same environment as us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do it too, right? Where I automatically assume things about individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we're really elevating the ways in which we are engaging and listening to people and investing in people, that's what I'm talking about with story mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you get to find out that somebody sitting across the table from you that you would have never thought um, could could understand what it was like for you, maybe in um, in relationships or in work mm-hmm. experiences or growing up. All of a sudden you're like, I didn't experience that the way that this person did. But man, the way they talk about what they felt, mm-hmm. uh, how they process things, mm-hmm. uh, thoughts that came through their minds. Um, I can relate to that on such a deep level. And so mm-hmm. 
that's the part I want to encourage more people to, um, I want to create a platform for people to share those parts of them. And, and I think I sent this to you and the other speakers in an email. I'm not looking for a 30 minute sitcom mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> where everything gets tied up neatly in a bow because that's not reality. Right. Um, but the world has been taught that that's reality, right? It's mm-hmm. the rest of story. It's mm-hmm. the I conquered it all story. Yeah. Um, and what I want folks to understand is like, these stories, these lived experiences that we're going through, they're actually the norm. Mm-hmm. So the more mm-hmm. we start talking about it, um, the less foreign it gets, the less isolating it gets. It just, I think it opens up a different pathway for connection. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 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 And you think about even some of the sort of big storytelling, maybe podcasts or, you know, different things out there, they, a lot of them still have that like nice bow tie at the end. Right. And while that can certainly make you feel good and inspired sometimes, um, you know, it it is, I think about the stories where there isn't a definitive ending that really make you think on a different level, you know, and really kind of sit and process things on a different level, because a lot of times it's not going the way that you think it's going to go because we're so used to this kind of pretty endings or, you know, uh, bring it all together. And, you know, I've been working on my story for um, the upcoming event and it's really interesting sitting with um, just some of the emotions that are coming up for me around, you know, around an experience that, um, you know, I won't, I won't tell it all right now, but, but basically an experience that I had and um, that I thought about a lot, but then this is making me still think about it from a different perspective and a different like emotional perspective, you know, cause it's like, well, what, what, and how can I, um, bring this together in a way that other people can understand. Yeah. You know, and I think that that lens, because then that makes me think about more, well, how can I understand this? How can I put, um, you know, a deeper layer of understanding? Because many of these situations that happen for us, you know, we're, we're not, uh, okay, I've taken care of that. I've healed that. We're all done as we like to act like society is all about. And I talk about this a lot with my clients and women, um, you know, that come into my practice is, is, you know, trauma is not going to just be gone. You know, even if you've worked on it in therapy, there is layers to it. It's like an onion, you know, and from my perspective, we really, we're going to work with it in different ways throughout our lives. It's not going to hold us necessarily in the same way. And there, so there's definitely healing each time, but this idea that you're just going to get it to be gone is not the reality of, of being human. Right. And so I think coming back again and again to these stories of people's experiences and realizing it isn't that, that, end, you know, that it's, this is another layer to it and we're going to learn something else along the way too. Yeah, that's so important because I think, again, the world in which we live, um, we are conditioned, I, I'm going to say, conditioned to believe that you whatever is wrong or whatever mm-hmm. the issue or challenge is, you work on it, you work yep. through it, and then yep. you're done. And, and you're done. done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then I don't know about you, but you know, I, I, I can find myself in that cycle of like, gosh, Tracy, you, you should know better. Yeah. Like you've, you've been here, you've been here, you've done this. (laughs) How is is coming up? And so it's such a great reminder for folks like, no, this is something that's going to come up throughout. Um, And, you know, there was a a wonderful therapist uh, with whom I worked just many, many years ago. And she used to talk about the fact that like, you know, think about, think about your path being like um, an open road where you just developed these grooves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, on this on this open land. And this is just the road that you traveled, right? Mm-hmm. For many, many years and you've mm-hmm. grown accustomed to it. And now that road no longer serves you. Mm-hmm. And trying to create a different path. Um, and sometimes you can get a little bit further into a different path but you're so conditioned and so used mm-hmm. to going along that original one that um, no wonder, you know, we end up falling back into our old patterns sometimes. And so it, it's something that I try to remind myself of over and over again when I'm when I'm catching myself being like, well, yeah, this is this is, you know, better. You should yeah. do better. And why are you here? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, and I, I love that. Um, explanation of it. Cause you know, that, that kind of directly corresponds with what's going on in the brain, right. Is like, we have all those neural pathways that have been firing in this way for so long. And so to create those new ones, you know, it's like those old ones are still strong as we're creating those new ones. So sometimes we really can fall back into those old patterns, literal patterns in our brain. Right. And to think of the body as, um, you know, it, it was set in the first place to protect us. It's not, it's ne- it was never to hurt us, you know? And, and I remind women this again and again, because particularly, and I will, you know, throughout our conversation, I'll bring it back to hormones and things like that yeah. at different points. Yeah. But, um, you know, there, women can get really caught in uh, a lot of blame with their bodies, right? And anger and totally understandable, but everything that's happening in your body is, you know, comes from a protection mechanism. It ultimately wants you to be healthy, to feel good, all of those things. And it's, you know, unfortunately the trauma that we've experienced in our lives, the chemicals that we experience. I mean, I I won't go off on all that tangent, but, um, are going to create these things that come up, right. That are our bodies sort of letting us know something is wrong and we need to, you know, make some shifts in some form or fashion. But I also going back to what you were saying about, you know, falling into these sort of old patterns, you know, I think sometimes we can make it worse by stressing out of the fact that we fell into those old patterns. Right. And, and here we go with cortisol, our stress hormone going up higher because we're stressed because of that versus that. Okay. I'm going to breathe into this and accept that this is something that is, you know, comes up, has come up in my life again. And there's something for me to still work with here, you know, Mm -hmm. and I know that's easier said than done. I know that in the moment you're just like, ah, but the acceptance actually leads to, um, sort of a down regulation of that cortisol, you know? No, I, I, you're reminding me of, um, again, there are things in my life that, uh, when I'm presented with it and, I say to others, like, if I want to vomit, um, I usually <laughs> try to say yes to it. Yes. It's, it's a way to tell me like, okay, I need to be a part of this, which yeah. 
um, a friend of mine, uh, Becca Lee, she's a strength and conditioning coach. And mm-hmm. uh, she asked me to be a part of a relay team. Mm. Um, I don't run. I am not a runner, <laughs> right? Um, and I said yes, because mm. it made me vomit just yep. thinking about and what's been great, uh, one of the great things, right, many benefits to being a part of this, because we are running together, we are conditioning together. Um, and it's been fascinating to have conversations um, about perimenopause. Mm, right? mm-hmm. and, and I'm so excited that you have put information out there. And this is what I'm talking about in, in terms of like, these are everyday things that especially we, um, as, you know, individuals who've been assigned female at birth, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. These are the things that we are going through. Yep. Um, these are the things that we have to navigate and figure out in a world that really doesn't understand um, the stress that we experience yep. in our bodies, yep. uh, the hormonal imbalances that happen, mm-hmm. uh, the shifts and body changes. Um, you know, you thought that you went through puberty once and then all of a sudden <laughs> now you're going through all kinds of different things. And yet we're still expected to show up at work. We're Mm. showing up in our community um, as, as almost like a well put together. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Got it together. Yep. Yes. And so it's been so great to have that dialogue openly with other women um, in this space, because this is something that I've never really experienced. Um, information about, mm-hmm. dialogue about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yes. So I, I feel like it's just in those moments when we allow ourselves to be like, Hey, this is what I'm going through. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Anybody else? Yeah. Yep. All of a sudden you see the hands pop up like, yeah, me too. And yes, don't feel so alone right. and you affirmed in so many ways. So yes. absolutely. Yeah. The connection aspect, right. Is another, such a huge tenet of health. That in general, in the United States, we are missing out on a lot of connection, right? Because we're sort of unlike, you know, not every other country, but lots of other countries in the world have much more community base and family base and connection and those kinds of things. And we are a very, quote unquote, individualistic um, society, right? And particularly, you know, as we're going through these transitions, um, that is, I do believe when we need even more of that connection happening for exactly what you're saying of like, okay, I'm not alone going through this. Um, mm-hmm. but then also sort of working out answers and working out, um, you know, I talk a lot about boundaries and how important that becomes even more. So I think in perimenopause, um, yeah. getting real clear on your boundaries, both your internal and your external boundaries, because, We've often just been giving, 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 giving in our lives, right? And now our bodies are like, no, 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 no more, you know? And so we really have to um, figure out and navigate that. And I think using a community or being in community to sort of figure out boundaries can be really helpful too. Yeah. I, um, you made me think of something that I saw. It was either, it was on some social media platform, mm-hmm. either Facebook or Instagram. And there's this... Um, and, and they were just talking about how, um, especially individuals who've been assigned female at birth, mm-hmm. like when when we're talking about self-care, like we're not really praised for self-care. Right. We lived in a society that really praises us for taking care of other people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Our identities yes. are then wrapped in being a good daughter, being a good wife, mm-hmm. being a 
and mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just, again, these are the things that I think about where mm-hmm. when we're going through the world where thinking about taking care of ourselves, and I think boundaries, setting clear boundaries is a beautiful way of mm-hmm. self-care. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. The image of like um, going to a spa yeah, or right. this, yeah. all that stuff yeah. comes up when we talk about yes. self-care. Self-care, right. A huge proponent of like, yes. and this is yes. also self-care. Yeah. We're looking at what is on the daily. Yeah. That is, I don't want to say, I mean, I love me some massages. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'm all for it if you can do that, but that's not feasible for most people to do every day. And it's actually not going to get you to where yeah. you need to go, right? The boundaries are the key because that's changing the the moments, everyday moments of your life. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and like you said earlier, I know that for me, it was a process, right? Mm-hmm. Just, Absolutely. You know, I talk a lot about like when I hadn't done um, my work around shame, mm. when I hadn't done my work around my perfectionism, mm-hmm. my own trauma, things like that. Um, the idea of holding boundaries, uh, setting boundaries, let alone holding boundaries, mm-hmm. definitely never came into, you know, uh, my mind uh, set uh, and definitely made me want to throw up. Um, yeah. Thinking about <laughs> that, yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's just, again, my identity was so wrapped around being the person that took care of other people, absolutely um, dropping whatever it was that I was doing for other people. Yeah. And I'm often reminded of because I fly a lot for work, mm-hmm. often reminded of the that safety piece of like making sure that you put on your um, oxygen mask yes. before you fly. Yep. So counterintuitive when I think about that. Yep. And it's the same piece about boundaries, right? Yes. The, the more uh, in alignment I am with my values and my integrity, my level of integrity, the greater my capacity is to Absolutely. really- people for who they are and accept them as is. Um, it's when I'm not congruent with within my own values that I'm off kilter, that I am not in best space and frame of mind um, to be able to interact with it with people. So yeah. That is it right there. I was like, that's the clip that I'm pulling out for this episode because that's perfect. That's you know, I know some of my listeners who listen all the time are like, Christine, stop talking about this. But I think we need to hear this over and over and over again, because I know from personal experience that that's yeah. true, too. You know, and we talked before we got on about this sort of um, being in your messiness, right, as a recovering perfectionist and yeah. and really um, embracing your true self and how in doing that you show other people in the world that it's okay to be who you truly are, that you don't have to be perfect, you know? And it reminded me of a a colleague of mine was telling me she's doing this program with this woman right now that, I mean, it's a little mind blowing, right? Just to break me even to hear it. But this woman has, is at the point where she only sees clients, I think on Fridays, like three, three appointments on Fridays. And she charges enough to cover everything because she recognized that she needs all these other days of that, you know, for her own personal self-care and the work that she does on herself in order to fully be there for her clients, you know, and, mm-hmm. and this can feel very radical. And obviously we all have to find our own, um, you know, uh, comfortability and edge with what we charge and things like that. But if, if you have your own business, 
but it just, I thought that was so cool that she was very upfront with her program about that. She's like, when I used to see clients five days a week, I was not good for most of them most of the time because I was just, you know, it was, it wasn't working for my body. So she figured out what was working for her body and she's very clear. This is what I do now. And guess what? Her clients are getting great results. She's doing great. And it's like, oh yeah. So that's what boundaries can look like and how, um, honoring, I think to me, again, it comes back to your body, honoring what your body is telling you, you know, and sometimes that can be really hard and really uncomfortable to step into that because it's 110% against what we're being told that we should do, you know? Yeah. You're reminding me of how fear plays this funny little role of pretending to be your friend, right? Yeah. Um, and it's trying to keep you again, whether it's scarcity, you know, um, mind mindset or, or thinking that like, who am I, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Who am I to be able to do this radical change in scheduling and doing this? Um, and I appreciate that story on so many different levels. And the thing that highlights for me is that uh, not only is she listening to her body um, and benefiting from that, mm-hmm. but she gets to show up in a way that really creates and expands that capacity for other people to benefit from that. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's not just that she's doing it for herself. She's doing it for the betterment of the collective. Absolutely. And that, yeah, that mindset shift is huge, you know, for, for all of us. So I want to ask you, because we talked a little bit about you know, your, your childhood and the fact that you were more shy and, and, you know, close to your mom. So when did that start to shift? When did you start to shift away from maybe the perfectionist state into more of who you are? Yeah, I, I will say there was a core group of um, humans in my life growing up that probably always saw Mm -hmm. uh, the, the authentic Tracy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Outside of that, like, uh, but outside of that, it probably wasn't until I got to um, college, Mm -hmm. you know, after high school, where Mm -hmm. I got exposed to, again, lots of different types of people. Mm -hmm. And even then, I was still, I was still, you know, cautious about uh, shining a light on all of me. Mm -hmm. Um, Really great at showing um, certain parts of me. Um, So, gosh, I am 45 now. Um, I probably really didn't make a big shift until mid thirties, late Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, thirties. And and like I said, I think I was already doing my own personal work and, and the foundation was being laid. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, I think there was a point where I just, I, I got, I got tired of my own story, if that makes sense of, mm-hmm. of I'm tired of my own story of like, okay, I keep doing the same thing, expecting different results. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm either going to have to do something different um, and push myself, or I'm going to have to accept the fact that this is the way that I'm going to live. Right. And I think going into graduate school, um, I just was hit with a lot of it in my face. Like as someone mm. who mental health for uh, about 15 years at that point um being in graduate school with all of these like amazing human beings and wonderful professors who really just again they saw me um and they probably saw things about me that I wasn't even willing to see Mm -hmm. at that point Mm -hmm. um and so I will say that they kind of 
bursted me open in mm. terms of like, okay, this is a space in which I can feel a level of trust mm -hmm. uh, for me to just, you know, dip my toe in like, okay, well, I'm going to show this version of me and what yeah. do you think? Yeah. Um, and so to be able to do that amongst human beings that I felt really um, safe in doing that mm -hmm. uh, uh, allowed me to do it. I, I think, I think that that was kind of probably that's that's probably like the the time in which I became fully open mm -hmm. um, to realizing like I'm gonna be messy as hell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh huh. I love and, it, <laughs> and, and I'm gonna be okay with it. Um, and I would say again. Um, I taught, I think about being a store, becoming a story chaser was, you know, again, something that I didn't intend to be. It was a way to deflect attention away from me, mm -hmm. but I think being able to hone in on that skill set of chasing other people's stories, mm -hmm. gave me permission to not be so scared to chase my own story. Yeah. Um, and so the more I started working and peeling back my own layers, um, that level of, I always talk about being that friend that mm -hmm. I am to everyone else to myself mm -hmm. and that level of grace to myself, mm -hmm. um, with all the people that I love, um, all of that kind of just helped me. And, and, and now, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still, you know, I still get scared. I yeah. still, you know, get anxious. I still have all of those, you know, um, those, uh, negative narratives that pop up mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I think that I had I now hold the resources and the tools to counter a lot of that mm -hmm. and so I call it my recovery time right mm. like my recovery time um isn't as long in terms right. of like um allowing myself to bounce back to to where I where I I hope to be yeah so, yeah yeah but it wasn't it wasn't until like my late 30s yeah. and like really once I hit 40 I just um, I think about how, uh, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be in this world. Mm -hmm, right. Right. It's mm -hmm. not guaranteed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's the thing that pushes me all the time to be like, okay, you can either do this or you can try something different or you can hold that in mm -hmm. or you can actually say it. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if I answered your question. No, <laughs> it was, it was great. It made me, it actually made me think of a couple things. First, I, I did a master's program in holistic health education. And, you know, despite all of the student loans that I still have from it, I think of that program very similarly to what you were saying about your program. And it's, it's actually really cool to hear that a master's of social work program did that, you know, because you don't, we would always say, oh, we're lucky we're in the safe space of this holistic health education. You know, um, I can't imagine any sort of um, more sort of, you know, uh, by the book program, we were a little bit more woo woo that yeah. would have that kind of space. So that's really cool to hear that and that you have that experience. And I also think the late thirties, early forties is the perfect time for all of that to happen. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just 
because, you know, the whatever, all the different events, it's not just sort of that internal aging, it's everything going on in the world too, right? Where I think a lot of us are questioning. I yeah. mean, if we haven't already been questioning, then hopefully we're questioning now, you know, yeah. of um, where the direction of everything is going, where our lives are going and everything. But but I do think this is the beauty of moving into perimenopause that I like to tell women, you know, this is something that if you can embrace this, this is a really wonderful time to become more of who you truly are and who you want to be in the second phase of your life, you know, where right now you may still, you know, some, some women have children that are still young, but some, the children are already gone or they don't have children or they're in relationship or they're not in relationship. And, you know, there's just hopefully some more room building for them in order to, to step into being fulfilled truly in, in their lives, because, Unfortunately, throughout history, that's not been the case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boy, reframe all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it goes back to like, I, I don't think that we're fully aware of all the different covert messages that we have been inundated with throughout our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that really have been unconsciously dictating the way in which we engage with people, mm-hmm. uh, the way we stop ourselves from engaging yes. with know, with people. Um, and so to be able to work on those, those, um, different perspectives and mm-hmm. reframing and, mm-hmm. and I heard you say, um, basically extending so much grace, mm-hmm. um, and understanding for mm-hmm. ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think those are like the revolutionary acts. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so, it's so beautiful. <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit about this, upcoming event. I know that it's the second, second time you're doing it, right? Yeah. I, um, you know, it's, it's one of those ideas that, uh, lived in my heart for many years. Mm-hmm. And finally, I was like, okay, I need to do something with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I was excited about doing an in-person one day, um, event, um, and then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, of course, <laughs> all, all best laid plans and then COVID hit, right? <laughs> uh, I was just holding on to like, let's wait it out. Like yeah. it's going to be over soon. Yeah. So I thought, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and once I realized that it just wasn't going to go away and we're, we're adhering to a new way of doing things, mm-hmm. um, I, again, I had to uh, sit with myself and think about like, okay, is it more important for this to be in person or for this to happen? Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens. And mm-hmm. so last year we did an all day virtual event mm. of story revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, and we invited speakers to, uh, come in, um, our story chaser fire brands. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, again, the criteria really is, um, make the story about yourself. Uh, you can talk about whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the other piece is like, we don't need a nice little bow um, to be wrapped around at the very end. Um, and I guess the third component is really being open to um, allowing audience members to mm. practice their inner story chasing mm-hmm. um, so that they can ask those questions um, of the storyteller. And so, um, yeah, it was a, it was an intimate group. And uh, I think one of the, my favorite parts of it was it's, it was an all day zoom event. And mm-hmm. so I, in no way expecting people to stay on right um, all day, all day. <laughs> yeah. And so it was kind of like a come in when you want, when you mm-hmm. can, 
Um, and there were several people who joined at the beginning who ended up changing the rest of their um, itinerary for the day because uh, they they found each of the storytelling that they uh, witnessed, they had no idea how much they would have in common mm. with them. And so it ended up being beautiful and wonderful. Um, and so this year I was like, we got to do it in person. Yeah. Um, and I, I just a special shout out to um, Lori and Barrett of Bottle Riot. Mm-hmm. They are uh, one of my favorite human, you know, uh, favorite people that I've ever come across. Mm-hmm. And I love their establishment, Bottle mm-hmm. Riot. Mm-hmm. Um, in the River Arts District. You're um, like, that is my second home. <laughs> that is my second home. Um, I call it my cheers. I feel like mm. Norm every time I walk in. <laughs> um, and and Lori and I have had so many different co- conversations just about the state of the world and um, uh, the importance of really figuring out how to come together as community. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, I, I just appreciate her willingness, their willingness to um, allow me to, you know, whenever I come out, it's like, I've got an idea. Yeah. <laughs> Lori's first response was like, I, I say yes to it. Aww. Without hearing what it is. Yep. And so, yep. so, yeah, so we're going to have um, September 22nd from yeah. 9 a.m. to 5.30. It'll be held at Bottle Riot. And we have uh, beautiful, amazing speakers lined up. Um, you being one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm, I'm super excited though, to, because I I mean, I love storytelling anyway, but yeah, it's going to be such an interesting experience to be part of it. And then also get to listen to everybody else's stories. And, and I'm really excited about that component of the audience participation on a different level and how that looks. Right. Because I don't think I've been to, uh, any kind of storytelling event where that's the case. Yeah. 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 You know, I had a friend ask me, um, what's the difference between storytelling and story chasing? Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, I, I think the story chasing is really, a really about just not just taking in the words that are being expressed, mm-hmm. um, but really listening at a level where we're listening to more than just that. Mm-hmm. We're listening and watching for the body. We're listening mm-hmm. and, and um, feeling the, I, I talk about like the change in our, our vibration sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that the storyteller might not even be conscientious right. about. Probably Ooh. not, right? Because you know, like, <laughs> sometimes it's your, it's a little bit of an out-of-body experience when you're right. up there, right? Yeah. Yes. And so it's like, you know, did you know that every time you mention your mom or your partner or your kid, like there was a shift in energy? Mm-hmm. Um, but tell me more about that. And so mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm, I am I talk about like, it's, it's not just about, storytellers are very important. Um, it's a way to um, extend tradition. It's mm-hmm. it's a way to ensure that um, parts of culture stay alive, yeah. right? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And that information is shared. Yes. With, with story chasing, I want, I'm hoping that people will um, find the connection between themselves and the storyteller. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of resting in that space of, oh, this, this, resonates with me and this is how it resonates with me really being able to pull ourselves out of out of um that individualistic kind mm-hmm. of mentality mm-hmm. and really go pushing further um mm-hmm. on like 
there's a story that lies within the storytelling um, that could open us up to a deeper connection. So, yeah. so I'm hopeful that people will look for that. Yeah. 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 It, it is. It is interesting to think about that participation from the audience really does make it a community story yeah. in, in, you know, cause it's like, there is the, this sort of give and take and each side gets to learn and yeah. deepen the experience. So, so cool, you know, and, and it, it made me think, cause as you just mentioned, like, you know, um, storytelling has been something that um, cultures, that's how they pass down their stories for all, you know, and I, I do think that we actually, miss out on that a lot as, as people that live today. Right. That, and that's, that's why people do enjoy listening to, to stories when, when they can and events and things like that, but yeah, to take it and this chasing the story was probably done right in different cultures that we don't even know about. And, but it, it is taking it to this sort of deeper level. And then you can, um, go out and take that out into the world too. Yeah. 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 No, I'm hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So tell people how they can get tickets. Yeah. So tickets are going to go live, uh, September 1st. Okay. Uh, we're recording this right now. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. um, But it'll be, (laughs) so they should be live. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Once this comes out. Yeah. 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 So they can either, um, go to dare to rise.org. Um, there, there will be a link on there to get to it, or they can go directly to Eventbrite. Eventbrite. Uh, Okay. And and we'll put both of the links in the notes for the show. So people can go there and just hit those directly. Um, and then, so the dare to rise is your website, right? Yeah. Yes. So it has more information about you on there. Yeah. 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 Have more ways to get in touch with me and what I'm doing. Um, Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you anticipate doing this more than once a year or, you know, or kind of wanting think- to get other people motivated to start them too? Yeah, I think, um, I would love to keep this as kind of like an annual summit, mm-hmm. um, what what my hopes and dreams are would be um, to have a, a story chaser firebrand come on once a month with me, mm-hmm. uh, allow them space to do it, you know, over Zoom, mm-hmm. or if you know if there's a space in which I can do it live, mm-hmm. uh, but having someone on a monthly basis mm-hmm. so that people can be um, if they can't come to an all day event that they're at least. Uh, able to join once a month and, mm-hmm. and get it of what it's like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it could serve as a build up to, to our, to our summit. Yeah. 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 I love it. I think I forgot to ask how much are tickets? Um, so we are doing um, a, a tier level. Okay. And so tickets are $40. Uh-huh. Um, and you're, if, if you're at a place where you can pay $40, mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got a $20, um, uh, if, if that's all you can afford. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, my hope is that I don't want to turn anyone away. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the third option will be whatever, whatever you can, there will be a right. drop down menu as little as a dollar all the way up to 20. Yeah. Nice. Well, I mean, yeah. even $40, that's amazing for a day of stories. You know? Yeah. So yeah. I'm just yeah. saying, if you can contribute more to help yeah. offset, you know, if people can't afford that, then yeah, that's, that's yeah. great. Yeah. 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 Such, yeah. such an amazing offering. I'm so excited to be a part of it. Thank you again for asking me to be a part of it and putting me on my, my little like, oh, I kind of want to throw up. So I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and I, and I just, yeah, I can't wait to experience everybody else's stories too. So that's going to be super fun. So yeah, I think it's going to be tender and it's going to be, um, yeah, I I think about these doorways. We, we, I have no idea what's going to unfold and I can't wait. Yeah. Plus wine. There's always wine. That's fine. Yeah. If you want to get started earlier in the day than normal, this is a perfect opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so So much much for being here today with us and sharing all this. Such a good conversation. Um, And yeah, everybody check out Tracy's website and we'll have all the links, as I mentioned in the notes. So uh, if you're in Western North Carolina or you are, you know, upstate South Carolina or want to come to Western North Carolina for the day, it's a perfect opportunity to do so. So yay! Yeah. thank you so much. Absolutely. All right, you guys, I will see you next time. Bye.